everyone, and thank you for joining me. I'm Tracy Harris, and this is At Home in My Head, the podcast that explores life in the cottage at Woodland Corners. Today's episode is part of a seven-part series titled Religious Self-Destruction that examines indoctrination using models borrowed from identity psychology. I'll be explaining what indoctrination means to me and why I consider it a distinctly unique process that should be differentiated from other life experiences. This series mirrors articles found at the At Home in My Head blog, each of which contains links to sources and citations used in this podcast. A link to the table of contents for the Religious Self-Destruction article series is also included in the description, along with links to support and resources for those who come out of indoctrination. And now for episode four of Religious Self-Destruction, Psychological Flexibility. Among the new vocabulary are words like psychological flexibility and interjection. Let's start with psychological flexibility and what that means. Structural Analysis of Social Behavior, SASB or SASB, uses a model to describe behaviors. It's used a lot with Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, or ACT, ACT. One very basic rendition features four types of behaviors, affirming, protecting, ignoring, and blaming. Each of these behaviors falls into two of four categories, which are attacking, which includes blaming and ignoring, controlling, which includes blaming and protecting, loving, which includes protecting and affirming, and emancipating, which includes ignoring and affirming. Psychology Today describes ACT as an action-oriented approach to psychotherapy that stems from traditional behavior therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy. Clients learn to stop avoiding, denying, and struggling with their inner emotions and instead accept these deeper feelings are appropriate responses to certain situations that should not prevent them from moving forward in their lives. With this understanding, clients begin to accept their issues and hardships and commit to making necessary changes in their behavior regardless of what is going on in their lives or how they feel about it. In other words, embrace your cognitive dissonance. In earlier articles, we looked at how foreclosed identities deal with doubt by immersing themselves in confirming sources to reaffirm their values. ACT is about confronting and examining those doubts and challenges rather than avoiding or ignoring them. It's about learning to address them more like an achieved identity as a means to learn and move forward by adjusting as needed. SASB is a tool, and according to mentalhelp.net, it's a method of analyzing and studying many different types of social interactions. Originally, it was not conceived as a theory of personality disorders, however, it happens to be a truly excellent tool for studying and understanding personality disorders. There are much more complex versions than the one I'm describing. The one I'm using is an incredibly simple version to help model the basic concepts. Psychological flexibility literally means that you have the flexibility to access all of the behavior types when they are warranted, and that you aren't restricted in your range. The more restricted people are, the more inflexible and the more problems arise. Here are a few examples to demonstrate the basic idea. John comes to Mary to say she's done something that has caused a problem for him. She promised she would meet him at the theater to see a movie they've both been waiting to see. John arrived early and bought tickets, per their agreement. But Mary stood John up because she confused the dates. John talks to Mary about it and she agrees she made a mistake that caused a problem for John. It's healthy in that situation for Mary to accept blame. She takes responsibility for any damage she's caused and tries to make things right. In this case, 
She may apologize and agree to try again next weekend, when she will pay for both tickets. In terms of the model, this is John, quote, attacking Mary, albeit fairly mildly. It doesn't have to be an aggressive, angry assault. It just means he's being critical of something she's done. Attacking sounds harsh, but by accepting John's attack and also attacking herself, it only means she is flexible enough to accept uncomfortable criticism when she believes it's fair. She is not defending what she did, and she's agreeing it's worthy of criticism. Assuming that Mary actually did something harmful, emancipating herself would be refusing to accept responsibility, and it would not be a healthy response. She is not protecting or affirming herself or her behavior, both of which fall under active love, because she doesn't love it when she realizes she's done hurtful things to others or caused harm or damage. Mary should not defend such actions. She should own them and address them appropriately. Alternatively, let's say Jack comes to Jill and wants to make Jill responsible for something that isn't her fault or responsibility. Jack asked Jill to go with him to a movie, but Jill wasn't interested. Jack tries to manipulate Jill using guilt by saying it's mean for her to make him go alone. But chaperoning Jack to the movie isn't Jill's responsibility. She's not responsible for the fact Jack is uncomfortable going alone. Jill can do Jack a favor and go, but she's not obligated. Jill decides not to blame herself. She rather would ignore Jack's attack and protect herself against feeling guilty over something that's not her fault. When Jack says Jill is being mean, she affirms she is not mean, and there is nothing wrong with not going to see a movie that she has no interest in seeing. She suggests that Jack asks someone who wants to see the movie. Jill does these things to protect herself. She moves into active love and emancipation as a justified defense. She recognizes the criticism is unfair, and she refuses to become responsible. So, if we're flexible, we can adopt blame when we deserve it, but protect ourselves when we don't. We recognize and ignore unfair criticisms, but listen to criticisms that are fair. We should affirm attributes that are acceptable and helpful, but not affirm things that cause problems for ourselves or others. We should protect ourselves from harmful abuse, but not protect ourselves so much that we fail to see when making changes is needed. Everything in the basic SASB model can be used for healthy or unhealthy reasons. Think of them as tools that can be effectively used to improve our situation, or that can be abused to make things worse. If we have access to all of them and use them well, that gives us the greatest advantage in achieving optimal situations and well-being. When we don't have access to the full range, we will have difficulty navigating some situations. Imagine being unable to protect yourself when others attack you, even when it's unfair and abusive. Imagine having such a strong need to affirm everything about yourself that you can't change things that harm you or others. And as noted in previous parts of this series, there is evidence that the more inflexible you are in your ability to exercise a broad range of options, the more likely you are to exhibit pathologies. And if you have a foreclosed identity, it's associated with this inflexibility. If you're having trouble understanding these concepts, I recommend further reading about ACT and SASB. Resources were provided at the beginning of Part 3, and you'll have to understand these concepts and keep them in mind when we proceed to the next term on the vocabulary list, which is introjection. We'll be tackling that in Part 5.
for this episode of At Home in My Head, exploring life in the cottage at Woodland Corners. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to check out the information and support links in the description. As always, stay safe, be well, and never stop exploring.